the adrenaline. Not 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 all, but not everyone. Yeah. It depends on uh, every person. So some people might have an impact on the performance when they're nervous. Hey. 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 Hi everyone and welcome back to Rush Hour Podcast. I'm the host of the show, Peter. And as you have heard of him in our previous episode, my co-host Wu. Today we have a special guest and our first ever interview. She was my former classmate in primary school. She's one of the most smartest person I've ever met. She's a gymnast. She had been doing this for 10 years. Her most latest achievements are 2021 Adult Second Division Budapest Team Championship 3rd place. 2020 Adult Second Division National Team Championship 3rd place. 2020 Student Olympics B Category Semi-Final Individual 2nd place. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Noit Panna. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for being here with us today. How are you, Ponka? Mm, I'm fine, thank you. And how are you, Wu? Fine, too. Yeah, you are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how is your daily schedule looks like? Um, well, it is not, um, not really different from everyone's daily schedule. So, I get up and go to school and then go to trains. So, currently I have um, three trainings a week. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Sometimes it can be hard to manage um, studying and trainings, but fortunately my coaches are really supporting and um, they understand when I can go to trainings because of the school. And how is your day, and how is your day schedule looks like, Wu? Mine is far less simple, so I go to school too. and Every day I have some afternoon is to attend to, so it's sort of normal. How's yours? Well, I'm trying, you know, to to do my study schedules, you know, to plan it every single item and not to and and stay and strictly st- and I strictly stick to it and not procrastinating a thing, you know, because I'm not going to school anymore. It's I think it's a little bit easier, you know, to do what you what you ac- actually want to do. So yeah, so you know, Ponka, we are so excited for today's episode. You know, by the first moment you accepted our inv- our invitation, it was like wow. It's going to be huge, you know. Starting with the gymnast is like every single podcast dream. Do you know why I said that? Thank you. Uh, well, I'm excited too. Yeah, well, uh, I noticed in a lot of podcasters, you know, the first interview was mostly with an entertainers, you know, musicians, YouTuber, TikToker, streamer, but not with athletes, you know. So, out of curiosity, would you tell us your wonderful journey at gymnastics? Mm, yes, well, actually, both of my parents were gymnasts, um, but um, interestingly, they didn't want me to get into gymnastics at an early age because they didn't want me to become a professional and spend all my time at the gym. So I started at a pretty um, late age, actually, um, at the age of eight, and thus um, we, we weren't expecting me to become a professional gymnast, which I'm not. So I, um, I, now I'm competing in uh, Latvia, the second division system, which you said. So it means that I have competitions, but it is not that strict. And um, sometimes, sometimes I can miss trainings if I have school, but I'm trying to improve and do my skills. So it's not that, that um, really a strict system of gymnastics 
but I have to um train. So you do this like uh, as a hobby, right? Yes, mostly. Um, and I'm glad that I'm not uh really a professional because it would require me to spend my whole life in the gym. And I'm glad that I have time for other things, but gymnastics is a really um, important part of my life, so to say. Wow. So, you know, by looking at your achievement in gymnastics, well, I presume you have a busy schedule, right? Um, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, we have competitions, so we have to prepare for them. Um, on trainings, uh, yeah, but now it's this time of the year is not that busy for me because my next competition will be in autumn. So now I can concentrate more on school, which is great because it's um, the last part of the year. So besides this, you know, busy schedule, when are you studying or doing homework? Mm, so, like, uh, where or at home? At home, yeah. Yeah, I I study at home. Um, or when I arrive um, early to the trainings, I can study before trainings um, at the place where I'm training. So, have, have you ever felt overwhelmed or stressed by balancing your studies and your hobbies? Mm, yes, sometimes it can be stressful, um, but thankfully um, all of my coaches and my parents and my um, family are really supporting. Um, so when I, for example, don't have time to go to trainings, they allow me to study instead. But um, but of course I want to train as many times as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so and, and I understand you, but it's difficult to keep things separate from what you love and what you have to do. So, yes. so to my knowledge, your mom is a gymnastic trainer, and your sister is also a competitor as well. Um. Yeah, my mother is a uh, coach. Um. But currently, she is not coaching. Yeah. Um. But she used to. So. Um. And my sister used to do gymnastics, and now she's dancing competitively. Oh, she's dancing. Yes. So, what about your mom? She used to be a competitor as well? Yes, she used to do um, acrobatic gymnastics, which is not the kind of gymnastics I do, because I do um, artists, the so-called artistic gymnastics, which means that you compete on four apparatuses. But my mother used to do um, so acrobatic gymnastics, which is like um, lifting other people. So, do you have an idol? Of uh, gymnastics, do you have an idol? Um, I'm following a lot of um, famous sportsmen, but I don't have an idol. I love to see um both of them or uh everyone um so is a competitive gymnast because I believe they, they work really hard and all of them should be admired. Yeah, of course, because you know. Yeah, I think yesterday, you know, I looked it up to the who who is the most successful gymnast in the world, and I hope I say her name right. Her name is Simon Simon Biles. Yeah, yeah, Simon Biles. An American, twenty four years old. She's only twenty four years old, and 
has won 19 gold and three silver and three bronze. I mean, wow, at 24 years old, wow. Yes, um, the thing is that in gymnastics, um, it is common that people achieve great things at an early age because as they get older, their body, um, so they start to be more tired and it is a really demanding sport for the body. So most of them peak at an early age. Yeah. So, so back about, so back to your mom. So did she associate you guys into the gymnastic world? Um, yes. When we were little with my sister, they, um, took us to the gym, but, uh, they didn't want us. So my parents didn't want us to become professionals, as I said before, yeah. but they, they introduced us the the world of gymnastics and um, movement and sports in general and they wanted us um and me to become so to do some sports that i enjoy and actually they didn't uh, bother which sport but i ended up in gymnastics <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever had enough of gymnastics and wanted to quit Yes, I had a period when I felt like it is not my sport and um, and I wanted to quit, but I stick to it and, uh, and it, is, it was the right decision because I started um, enjoying gymnastics and started not to care about um, how I do it or how good I am, but how um much i enjoy this mm-hmm. and i think it it is more precious for me that i enjoy it than than that i am a really professional mm-hmm. so have you tried that other sport as well um in in my childhood i used to swim which was great because um i love swimming and I also did ballet for a short time, I guess one and a half a year. But, but then I moved to gymnastics. Oh yeah, and I used to go um, riding like horses yeah. um, for a small, for a, yeah, for a short time, but it wasn't that serious. <laughs> so which of these sports did you enjoy the most? Mm, well, I would say I enjoy gymnastics most as I am doing it or I have been doing it for like 10 years, but I also love riding. Yeah. So, you know, I have tried out many sports as possible. It's a actual list. <laughs> Swimming, football, basketball, volleyball, handball, dancing, floorball, and martial arts. But, you know, I don't stay in one specific sport. I would like to experience this and that. Different sport has different values and teach me different things. For example, martial art teach me how to be disciplined and focus. Volleyball teach me how to harmonize with my teammates. And volleyball is one of my most favorite teammate teammate sport, team building sport. So what about you, Wu? As far as I know you played football, chess and what else? Yes, if you consider chess a sport then I it was the longest my life pursued. I've played chess for seven years, I think. Wow. 
Yes, I did play football for four years and martial arts too, but I stopped shortly after. I had more focus on studying, and so I didn't have that much time on it, which I regret actually. So, mm-hmm. if I were to play any sports right now, I would be much happier. So, by the by, those short, short, short period, did you learn something? You know, from the sport. I mean, mentally. Yes, absolutely. So most of the sports that I've played, they were uh, team sports. So. I learned how to communicate as a team and have a high team spirit. Yeah. But by playing chess, I also learned how to do more competitively in a single sport. Yeah, so, I know you played guitar as hobby, right? Yes, I do. I still play it for... I've been playing it since second grade, so it's been eight years now. Or nine. It's been a long time, yes. I know this one is going to be a hard question for you, but if you have to choose between music and sport, which one would you pick? Actually, I don't know. Maybe if I could, I would choose both, but... Just one? Maybe music, music. because it's, it's not age-related, because you can play sports till yeah. a certain age, but music still is still inside you, so maybe music. Yeah, just just as you said before, easier to do both. Yeah. So, Panka, do you play any musical instrument? No, unfortunately, I have. I don't have any musical talent. You don't. You don't need to. No, but I love singing, like on my own. Yeah. And I usually bother my family with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, as you guys know me, I've been here for almost ten years now. And I have discovered a little common thing between Vietnamese people and Hungarian people. You guys know what it is? No. No. I call it uh, parental control. You know, it means literally by its word. Your parents control your schedule, what to do, where to go. You don't even have to pick your activities because they have picked it out already for you. For example, you hate chess and they insist you to stay. You are not good enough, then they expect you to win something. I have heard a story like this before. My Hungarian teacher, she told me about one of her students who played chess. Because of his parents, he had to participate in different tournaments. And a couple lessons at first, it was okay to the parents because he was still a beginner after all. After a while, it becomes more frustrated to the parents. And they cannot bear to see him lose, failing after failing. So one one time of their way home, after the tournament, they actually left him at the gas station for about half an hour for a kind of punishment you've deserved by not winning anything. So yeah, poor boy. He he didn't know what happened back then. Once he got he yeah, got older, he finally understood what really happened back then. I'd not say it became a trauma. But I would rather say it's a bad memory. So have you guys experienced this before? Well, fortunately, my parents are not, or they don't teach me to do something. They only wanted me to play some sports to move for my health. Yeah. But they don't um, force me to do something. And what about you, Vu? 
I fortunately I do not have such group of parents, and it's it's a quite hard question, like how much pressure you should apply on the children. Because being successful is really hard if you look at it like out of many many people, like gymnasts, for example, only a few are very successful. So it's it's unfair to put pressure on a child if you apply pressure and time on it. It's not guaranteed that they're going to win the review yeah. competition. It's true. You know, what is true is, you know, because every parent wants the best for their kids. But sometimes they get it, they get carried away. They put more pressure on us and neglecting the fact that we are struggling or something. They forgot to question themselves whose benefit it is. The children or themselves. You now, I call it personal greed. But sometimes this personal greed can be good. Let's say a child really loves what he's doing. Let's call it so greed slash desire. Uh, this is the word is motivating them to achieve more and more. It's really satisfying to watch someone is trying and doing the very best. I'm 99.9% sure that we three had all done this before. Me, for example, I'm doing my best to improve my everyday life mentally and physically. So what about yours? Starting with you, Bo. I think it's it's important that parents should apply some pressure on children and you you have to have a motivation and maybe a little bit of talent and hard work to achieve anything in life. So if you put yourself into it and you get you have support from parents and you can absolutely achieve anything almost. Yeah, what about you, Ponka? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um well I think the from an early age my parents support me but uh, but the one who puts pressure on me is me. So I kind of um, motivate myself. But uh, but I, I think that it's really important for the parents to support their kids but not um not put too much pressure on them because it can be harmful for them. It's really affecting morale, the performance, especially especially at uh, competitions. I think you have felt always felt this, right? You know the tense, the tension. Yes. Yeah. And how do you fight against it? To seize it. Um. Well, well when you compete, um, many times you after time you kind of get used to it but not totally because like you cannot get used to it completely i believe yeah. but uh but the pressure um gets lower i believe or at least you don't stress too much before competitions like you used to do yeah well i'm saying i'm saying to you guys that you know when at this uh, critical situation you know when I'm really exciting and my hands start to shaking and my belly start to grumbling. It's it's not the most pleasant it's not the most pleasant feeling, but I actually enjoy the tension. I don't know why, but I like the tension. I don't know. Because I think it's motivating me <laughs> somehow. So Ponko yes, Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. And I, I wanted to say that it helps you um perform better. 
like the adrenaline? Not 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 all, but not everyone. Yeah. It depends on uh, every person. So some people might have an impact on the performance when they are nervous yeah. before the big events, or some people might actually enjoy it. That's why there are some people who do extreme sports because they love the adrenaline they get from it. Yeah. So Pongko, do you easily easily get distracted? Mm, like from anything. Yeah. Um. Well, I think that when I'm concentrated really much on something, I don't easily get distracted. But um, when I when something is not really important for me that I'm doing, then then I can be distracted easily. So you know, as you guys know, criticism is a part of distraction too. You know, back then in our primary school period. So we haven't talked too much to each other. What I know is there were a lot of girls who were talking behind your back. Some of them really made meaningful remarks. I don't know if you know about those. Did you know um, about those? Um. Well, I knew only about those that I experienced, and who talked to me. Yeah. And did you take those comments too hard? Yes, because I'm unusually hard. On myself, and I and I take too much um, to my heart. I would say, um, but I've learned from those experiences, and and I think that if so, these four things strengthened me a little bit. And what about in middle school? You're getting those comments as well. No, fortunately, no, um, and. Right now, I don't really get criticized, and we don't have bullies in our um, class or school. They're more mature. Yes. So what about you? Do you in the same shoe as Panka? No, I don't think. Well, if there were criticism against me, then I didn't know really about it. But it is sort of helpful for people to get criticized at an early age because you sort of it gets rubbed off you from time to time, so you get so you get used to it. So I think it's in some terms useful that you are criticized. So it's in the future you you can handle it and not to be easily offended or distracted by it. Yeah. You know, well, my attitude toward criticism is I listen to those as well, but I don't take it too hard. You know, it's a kind of feedback. I, I'm open to every single opinion, bad or good, doesn't matter. But somebody handle it very efficiently. They convert criticism into motive, you know, into the kind of motivation, with the purpose that he or she will prove them that they were wrong. They were all wrong. So how well do you guys actually handle criticism? Who? Well, it's difficult to say. It it also depends on the person that says it. So, if someone, an acquaintance of mine that I rarely spoke to and say something, it's I almost rub it off like as if it's nothing. But if it's for my friend, I I actually think about it and try to improve myself. And it also depends what kind of criticism is it. If it's a petty one like, well, you're short or oh, you're ugly and things, it doesn't help. But if it's a built-up one, which can be taken as a feedback, then that's, yes, it's absolutely useful. And what about you, Pankar? Mm-hmm. But generally, I think I'm really sensitive, so I I tend to 
the criticism seriously. But as we said, as long as it's a positive criticism or building one, I I think I can use it to improve. Yeah, well, you know, I couldn't handle criticism that good enough, you know, but I have learned something, you know, to just nod in your head. Like, just like almost everything they said, bad or good thing, to just nod your head. Not, say, not saying a single thing. That's my tactic, you know. That's my tactic. Just not whatever they said. So, you know, I have waited for this question for the whole episode. Do you guys think criticism is a price we have to pay for because we are talented and successful at something? Well, maybe because it's it's important, as I said before, that criticism is also a sort of feedback, as you said. Yeah. So there are compliments. I actually see both of these things useful. Because compliments can be useful, of course, and can be absolutely useless. Like, you know, for people who fashion models if you say that they are beautiful it's not a thing that they actually did something so instead if you compliment that they chose a nice dress and that's actually complimenting the skill that they're taking so i'm saying as a criticism it could be the same that things that you cannot do anything about and they criticize that and it's doing nothing but your actions can be changed upon that what about you Bunker? what do you think mm, i believe that um as long as someone does something, um, there will always be people who um, admire it and who don't me. So criticism is something that you have to pay. Um, but uh, it can be um, really important to improve yourself and to become better and better. If you accept those pretty decisions that um, build you, yeah, you know, so I think you guys have heard this before, like just like almost every single person said this to you that people who hate what you're doing simply because they are jealous of what you have, or they just simply don't that don't like you. But I've never understood that concept, you know, because no matter what you do, there is always going to be those who actually hate you, no matter what. They're going to criticize you by top to bottom. Just so we have yes. to. It's actually true that we have to learn how to deal with it by not listening to those or listening to those and not take it too hard, just like I do. So do you guys so do you guys think humility and humble has to do with it? Humility and being humble? Yeah. Well, generally speaking, I think being humble is a positive thing. But it it's not bad to be proud too. So I don't think it doesn't matter that much. But it's a criticism is directed at you and it, it depends on the person honestly like and it's the way that you're taking those criticisms and how do you digest them you know you know who you know what i always you know i i respect Fonka and her humbleness humble a lot because you know when it's critical when we are in critical situations she always stay calm and she's She's very humble, you know, like we have in our previous, our, my other classmates who were in primary school. She was a rhythm, rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastic, rhythmic gymnast who did more things in the ground. And she, she was flexible. She's, she is flexible, same as Bonka, but she was showing off too much, you know, like showing everybody else that how much she can do the split 
you know, the kind of showing up like that. You remember her, Funka? I think you know mm, her. Yes, I know her, but I don't remember these exact um, showing offs. Well, she bringing her stuff in, you know, the ball, the mace for, you know, for the sport. And uh, she started showing off to boys, girls, that how beautifully she can do the split. And that's and how flexible she is. She she can show it off to everyone. You know what I respect mostly about you is Nirupanka is because you are I think you are more flexible than she is. But she and know more than she know. But you never show it off to anyone. Uh, thank you. I believe that I'm not that flexible. But but thank you for the kind words. But you but that's very true that you know more than her. You do four categories and she'd only do one. Um, well, the, the sports are different, so they have to do more like apparatuses in their hands, like, as you said, the ball, the hoop, um, and I have um, other kind of, um, I don't know, challenges in the sport. They are different, but they are, I think they are both um, hard to do. Yeah, it's true. Well, to be, if, I, if, I have, if I have a chance to try those, I would try gymnastics. Of course, because rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastic is a kind of very hard. It requires a lot of flexibility, which I don't have. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that's it for today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here with us today, Fonka. It's a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Well, so see you guys around, and dear listeners, now it's for you. Thank you for listening to this today episode. I hope you like it. If you like it, please subscribe, subscribe, and leave a like on YouTube, and follow us on Spotify. Thank you for being here today. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Bye.